The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people in the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. It's so nice to be spending this time with all of you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope that you are happy, and I hope that you are healthy. We have an exciting guest today. I'm so excited. I'm in my office in Midland, Texas today with Dr. Richard Bartlett. Dr. Bartlett works as a doctor for a major oil company, but recently has been treating patients with much success for COVID-19. Dr. Bartlett, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Before we get started, I do want to thank everyone who has shared our podcast with friends and family and colleagues over the last year. It has truly been a blessing to share this time with you each week, and we have listeners now all over the world, and of course, right here in the Permian Basin. I really appreciate each and every one of you, and a special thank you to those of you who have stopped by and left a five-star review on iTunes. I love those. Those are fun to see. Now, you you are way too kind for your nice words, and I am so happy to be sharing this information with all of you here at Permian Perspective. So feel free to leave a review when you stop by, send an email, reach out on social media. I love connecting with each and every one of you. All right, Dr. Bartlett is here with us today, and I have to say he has a bio a mile long, and I'm just going to hit some high points really quick before we get into this amazing topic. But first of all, Dr. Bartlett received the Meritorious Award for the Texas Commissioner of Health and Human Services for numerous contributions for health care for Texans, and Texas governor appointed him to the Texas Health Disparities Task Force to advise him on how to make access to quality health care for Texans. It was a two-year appointment, but at the end of every year, they kept asking him back because he was giving such great information, and they did this for seven more years. How wonderful is that? Now, he has also been the medical director for hospitals, nursing homes, emergency rooms, private and public ambulance services. He was and is the medical expert for the local CBS affiliate for over 20 years. That's how we met and many other local TV and radio shows. He also has served on the Texas Medical Association Board of Counselors and their Blood and Tissue Usage Committee and Council for Scientific Affairs. Dr. Bartlett is also a father of seven and husband of one. I love that last that last title. You have so many accolades. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm honored to be here today. So Dr. Bartlett, let's just jump right into this. I know everyone, first of all, how are you doing, you and your family? You know, it's a good day. It's a good day. Love that. It's a good day for a good day. Yeah, and there's good news. And what we're going to talk about today is good news. We've yes. been hearing bad news, bad news, bad news. We have an answer to this problem. And that's what we're going to talk about. You have found what we're calling the silver bullet. Yeah. You have found an effective treatment for your patients. It is not FDA approved yet for COVID-19, but it is for asthma patients. Yes. And I want you to tell us a little bit about this inhaled steroid. And I'm going to let you say the name of what this inhaled it's, steroid it's is. It's inhaled budesonide. Budesonide. Budesonide is an inhaled steroid, and it can be used as a nebulizer machine. And so it's a baseline, first-line preventive treatment for preventing asthma attacks, very commonly prescribed, very safe. It's so safe, it's given to two-pound premature babies in the ICU and to elderly people in nursing homes. It's safe for everyone. 
We give it without batting an eye. It's very effective at preventing asthma, which is an inflammatory disease in the lungs. COVID-19 is an inflammatory disease in the lungs, but it's more inflammatory than asthma. And so it's intuitive for a doctor to use a respiratory anti-inflammatory solution for a respiratory inflammatory problem. And that's what I'm doing. How did you know to try this on your COVID-19 patients? Well, you know, I was distraught. I also work 48-hour shifts at an emergency room from time to time. And during a 48-hour shift at the beginning of this pandemic, I was hearing on the TV commercials everywhere you go that there's no answer for this problem. It's like the Black Plague. It's mysterious. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There's no answers, only problems. And I was concerned. What if a patient comes in with COVID-19 and I need to help them and they're trusting me? And so in between patients, you can take a nap in the call room for 48-hour shifts. And I remember I was praying all the time and I I laid down to take a quick nap between patients, and I woke up convinced that God had given me an understanding and a strategy. And it wasn't a week later that I had my first patient. And it was the understanding that I had is that COVID-19 is a respiratory viral infection where the virus attaches to the ACE receptors in the lungs, triggers an inflammatory response that goes total body and causes multi-organ failure. That's COVID-19. What's killing people is the inflammatory process that starts in the lungs but goes total body. Mm -hmm. That's why their kidneys fail. They have a heart attack. They have stroke. They have clots in their lungs. They have all these complications from the inflammation, although it starts in the lungs. And also using an inhaled steroid, which is an anti-inflammatory medicine, is like using a fire extinguisher pointed straight at the base of the fire, putting out the fire, flames of inflammation that that would go total body, and it works. I was shocked how well it worked. I heard something that I never hear with this medicine. I've been prescribing it for 20-something years Mm -hmm. for asthma prevention, but I started having patients tell me something that I've never heard before when they're using it. They say, I feel better while I'm using it. My chest pain goes away. My shortness of breath goes away. I feel better. It stopped all their other peripheral symptoms of COVID-19, including diarrhea subsided. Their symptoms of COVID-19 that are not respiratory stop. And I've had 100% of my patients recover. 0% of my patients have died of COVID-19 patients. You know, I'm just telling what I've observed. Mm-hmm. I kept hearing this over and over. And, and I'll tell you, treating asthma for 25 years, I've never had anyone tell me they feel any relief with budesonide. They usually say, I don't feel anything, doc. Uh, mm-hmm. and, they, and usually I see them in follow-up and they stop taking it because they couldn't feel it and they weren't sure it was working. But this medicine, it's like this medicine was made for this pandemic. And, you know, I started to feel vindicated, validated in this when I found out that France is doing a study right now with inhaled budesonide against COVID-19. And Spain is scheduled to do a study with inhaled budesonide against COVID-19. They just haven't announced their start date. And the NIH is doing a study of inhaled budesonide against COVID-19 right now. And that study will be done in October. But for my patients right now, some of whom are very, very sick before they even get COVID, they can't wait till NIH talks about the results. They need help now. So I'm thankful that we're having 100% success recovery. That truly is amazing. And the fact that they're getting instant relief from the pain because having not 
gone through COVID-19, but listening to the stories of people that do, they say the chest pain is unbelievable and that they just cannot catch their breath. And for them to get that instant relief has got to be, like you said, I mean, it just, it has to be a good feeling to know that you can help your patients immediately. Yes. And as I did a literature review of what the scientific journals say about budesonide, I was shocked that it is like an exact overlay. All the 30 inflammatory chemicals that are released by COVID-19, starting in the lungs, are absolutely suppressed by budesonide. Budesonide blocks interleukin 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 11, 13, 15, SCF, GMCSF. Those are the cytokines that are released with COVID-19. We talk about a cytokine storm. That's the fancy word for inflammatory chemicals released total body that is causing these deaths and disaster. And so budesonide blocks every one of those. Also, if you've ever taken ibuprofen or Aleve, that blocks an enzyme called cyclooxygenase. That's an enzyme that's released with COVID-19, and budesonide blocks that. Also, if you have asthma or allergies, you may have taken monoleucast, a generic medicine that blocks leukotrienes. That's another inflammatory chemical that's released with COVID-19 that's blocked with budesonide. Budesonide is an exact answer to this problem. And as evidence, I'm having patients live and not die, return to their normal life quickly. Fantastic. And you mentioned Advil. I know early on when we were still starting to get new information about this, if you're like me, you Googled, what can we do to prevent COVID-19 or what kind of treatments? And I've heard everything from, yes, you can take Advil. No, you can't take Advil. Yes, you should take zinc. No, zinc doesn't work. Can you debunk some of those myths maybe that we've heard or Googled? Well, as this was evolving, this is a new killer. It's a new kind of killer that we've never had before. It is killing some people. Mm-hmm. Just to put things in perspective, though, half the people that get COVID-19 are going to have no symptoms. They don't even know they had it. And so that's good news. What we're finding is, as far as a mortality rate, that it's much lower than the projections. These magical, mysterious, fantasy models that were repeated and all these other theories that were repeated over and over from the top of the leaders of how to handle this COVID uh, have been wrong. And scientifically, we're factually finding now that it's not what they said it would be. So as far as Advil, initially, we know that the inflammatory process can bother many organs, including causing kidney failure. Advil is filtered through the kidneys. Therefore, Advil can be a kind of a hit to the kidneys. If you add that on top of kidneys that are already kind of limping along, that's a potential issue. But the reality is, Budesonide blocks them all at the source, and Advil does help with symptom relief, but it's not the, you know, it's not going to stop the disease. Budesonide suppresses all of the bad things that are killing people with COVID-19. And here's the other key. You need to use it early in the disease. It's better always to treat an, a disease early. We've always talked about early detection, early prevention, Mm -hmm. early treatment. We talk about that with cancer. We talk about that with uh, heart disease. We talk about that with stroke. Those are the top three killers still in the United States, heart attack, stroke, and cancer. COVID-19 is not one of the top three killers in the United States still. It sure gets a lot of attention. And for a while there, actually, it was causing more trouble. The reaction to COVID-19 was causing more trouble to the health of Americans than the disease itself. An example is... A lot of hospitals stopped uh, doing mammograms for several months. A lot of cancer screening and normal 
stress tests for heart disease detection and prevention were put on hold Mm -hmm. for a while. It was only emergency stints that were placed. We weren't doing proactive treatment of heart disease. Who knows what the damage is that was done by a two-month hiatus from tried and true systems that were set in place to save American lives from the top three killers. But as far as zinc, zinc does impair multiplication of viruses. Mm. That's one thing that I recommend my patients to take. But the silver bullet, the thing that makes the difference, the problem is an inflammatory disease total body. Mm -hmm. And budesonide is an anti-inflammatory agent that you're using right at the source of the infection in the lungs. It also does another thing besides suppressing the release of the inflammatory chemicals. It actually down-regulates those ACE receptors. Amazing. It's, it's like pulling the welcome mat away for the virus. Mm-hmm. It's, about, it's decreasing the places that it can even attach in the lungs. That's amazing. That is amazing. This one medicine that's super safe that you could use on a preemie baby is down-regulating the receptors. It's blocking the release of the inflammatory chemicals. It's causing many of my patients who have... I'll tell you an example of a patient recently, a patient who has two kinds of lymphoma. That's cancer of the blood, the white blood cells that actually fight infection. She has cancer of two kinds of lymphoma that she's being treated for right now with chemotherapy right now. Mm -hmm. And she had radiation a month before I was contacted by her. And for five days, she had nonstop fever laying flat on her back in bed. And then on that Friday, Her granddaughter tells her that she tested positive for COVID-19. She knew she had it because of the symptoms she was having. And so on that Friday, she reaches out to me. I call in her treatments. She takes them on that Friday night. On Saturday morning, her fever has broke. Over the weekend, she continues to recover. On Monday, she's able to teach her music students for a full eight-hour day of teaching via Skype. And so... I have story after story of real people. When she got her test results three days later, it was positive. I would have lost three to five days of treating her if I would have waited for a test result, which is another problem. The delay in treatment is Mm -hmm. a big problem. And doctors need to treat the patients, not treat the test. We know there's a 20 to 40% rate of false negative results on COVID-19. For the 50% of the people that get COVID that have no symptoms, it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. For 20%, it could be life-threatening. And for them, they need early detection and early treatment. That's the key. That's also the flaw in the NIH study. Mm -hmm. The NIH study is applying budesonide, the same medicine, to people that already have pneumonia, that are already on a ventilator in the ICU. Who wants to be in the ICU on a ventilator with pneumonia before somebody's going to help you. Right. It's too late at yeah, that point. Right. It still will probably help, but I want 100% of the people to live and 0% of my patients to die from it. And right. so early treatment with the right effective medicine is the key. And so another study that just came out, since you're asking about the things we're seeing on the internet, is yes. the, the corticosteroid that's given IV, the dexamethasone. That's a brand name of solumedrol. We use that often in the emergency room and it has its place. And when you have an infection going on, steroids given total body, the medical term is systemically, whether it's IV or as a shot in the muscle that absorbs and goes through the bloodstream total body or as a pill that goes total body, that suppresses the immune system. It makes it harder to fight infection for every person that gets it. It makes it harder to heal. It suppresses, it impairs healing. Mm -hmm. It impairs the ability to fight an infection. Still, 
with those negatives, it still caused a third of the people that were going to die to recover that were on ventilators in the ICU. That's when the study was only for people that were at that degree of sickness at the end of the disease. You know, in China, they have a different healthcare system than we have in the United States. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we've been parroting with this COVID crisis what communist China says to do. Communist China is the country, that is the system that when there was a whistleblower, 34-year-old ophthalmologist in China who said, hey, we've got a problem, SARS-like illness that's causing people to get very sick. Communist China had him sign a confession saying he was causing great harm to the public and that he was anti-government, anti-people. And they, they just, so they gave him great grief. And then he died. And of uh, COVID. He died of COVID, right. supposedly. And so we're talking about communist China. Supposedly he died of that, but he left a little baby and a young wife. And that's his legacy that he was the whistleblower. That's the communist government of China. They handle things differently. They think they have a problem with too many people and not enough resources. So their mindset is don't seek help unless you're deathly sick because we don't have enough resources. That's the mindset that would say, if you have mild to moderate symptoms, just stay home, just tough it out. Hope you make it. Good luck. And if you got severe symptoms, if you're a breath away from death, then okay, we might help you. Seek help then. That's a bad plan. That's un-American. In America, our healthcare system has been very systematically, methodically put together in a way that's successful. We're the leaders in the world in healthcare. That's why when Boris Yeltsin needed heart surgery and needed bypass surgery, he didn't go to China right next door. He went to America. Right. Let's talk about hydroxychloroquine. That drug got a lot of press early on. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that, and is it effective? So hydroxychloroquine, we all heard about that from President Trump when he mentioned that in an antibiotic called azithromycin. Yes. And so- Immediately, there was pushback, and Dr. Fauci got on the White House press coronavirus conference like the next one and spoke against it and kind of shot it down. And it was almost an embarrassment to the president. And I started doing a literature search, and I found in scientific journals, including NIH journals, that there were 14 different articles confirming antiviral activity against 13 dangerous viruses including SARS, with those two medicines. So it was well-founded. It was well-documented. And this pushback was inappropriate. But, you know, it's not intuitive to use a medicine that's used for rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and malaria against a respiratory viral infection. So that was a hurdle for many doctors and for the public to go over. Mm -hmm. And then we've been giving this anti-malaria medicine since the 50s to people who go to Africa and other places where malaria is endemic. And we've given it safely without batting an eye. Mm -hmm. We don't worry about cardiac risk because it's a very low risk. And it's much better to take that than to get malaria. And so I have never seen a complication with that medicine. The reaction to it was inappropriate. But when the FDA temporarily blocked the use of that to all Americans, it was based on a study out of filtered information of communist China on 77 patients. And so the source, consider the source, it's communist China. Consider that the study was not thousands of patients, it was 77. Mm. It was really not conclusive. When they looked at it, they thought, well, you know, it isn't saying what they said it was saying. They used it as a tool to block it. And just two weeks ago, 
that the United States government sent 2 million doses of hydroxychloroquine to Brazil for the COVID epidemic that's happening there. Is contradictory. So you got to say, what are the facts? Because we're getting uh, conflicting information. Some people call themselves authorities and experts, but what they're basing it on when you really drill down is flawed. And so what I see is filtered information from communist China being quoted by the World Health Organization as their source of expert information. It's interesting that the Goodwill ambassador to the World Health Organization is the wife of the president of China. Think about that. Interesting. And so when President Trump was calling them out on how they were handling the COVID pandemic, when you were watching the beginning of the pandemic in January and February, were you thinking, boy, China's doing a great job? No, we were watching them drop like flies. I mean, it was a disaster. Everything you see on YouTube or in the news was chaos and disaster, and they were shutting down 70 million people. And we'd never seen that before. What is that? That was a communist government system of handling a pandemic, a place that actually this was made in China, by the way. And so consider that. And so World Health Organization was praising the handling of COVID by communist China. And then you have the CDC quoting the World Health Organization in China as a source. You got to consider the source of the information. So you have the silver bullet, Dr. Bartlett, that is working. Patients are working. Have you met Dr. Fauci yet? No, I haven't. And, you know, I don't think him and I are on the same page. Do you think you'll have conversations with him at some point? You know, maybe so. And I want to help as many people as I can. I don't want anyone to die. Anyone I take care of, I want them to do well. But you know what? The reason we're talking today is I don't want anyone else to die either, whether I meet them or not. There's This is life-saving information mm -hmm. that needs to be broadcast. It's not public knowledge. Most doctors are not aware that the NIH is doing a study right now with inhaled budesonide against COVID-19. Mm -hmm. That is what I've been doing for three months. I'm, Texas is three months ahead of Europe, of China, mm -hmm. and we're ahead of the NIH, what we're doing here in West Texas. And so... If I, you know, Dr. Fauci has many things that he needs to explain, but I want to help people. And that's my focus is on the positive. We have an answer to this problem. Right. And so if people have a problem with the budesonide, I say, put that in your nebulizer and smoke it. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk a little bit more about that, because I think a lot of people, when they hear this information, they're going to say, okay, my sister's cousin, aunts, uncles, brothers just got diagnosed right with COVID. How can I help them? How can we get this inhaled steroid to everybody? I mean, how can they get it if they do discover that they are COVID-19 positive? You know, inhaled budesonide is readily available. It's in every city, in every pharmacy, they probably have it. It's generic, so it's cost effective. It's about $200 for the whole treatment if you have to pay cash. And compare that to the antiviral that's experimental, and you can't even get it unless you're a guinea pig for their experiments right now in the ICU. They will not give it to you unless you're in the hospital. That costs $1,000 a treatment. This is $200 for the whole course. And so it's readily available. It's super safe, like I said, for premature babies to senior citizens in the nursing home. And it is a prescription medicine, so you have to talk to your doctor about it. But the fact that it's being studied as the treatment by the NIH, by France, by Spain right now, an inhaled steroid is part of the protocol in South Korea 
where they've only had 260 people die so far of the whole pandemic, where they have over 50 million people. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Or let's look at Taiwan. Only seven people have died during the whole pandemic in Taiwan to date. And that's where they're using an inhaled steroid. So we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And so if they talk to their doctor, it's, it's a standard safe treatment for prevention of asthma, which is an inflammatory respiratory problem. This is more inflammatory than asthma. COVID is more inflammatory than asthma. And it is a respiratory problem. And so we have an anti-inflammatory respiratory solution that's been studied for 20 plus years. There's lots of information we have about it. We know it backwards and forwards, coming and going. There's nothing hidden that's a danger that we're worried about. There's no nothing hiding behind a bush that could hurt you with COVID-19. Right. And I think that's so important to get out because I think everyone is so scared of COVID-19 right now. And you're saying, it's okay. I'm if gonna you say, get it, we can treat this. I'm not afraid of COVID-19. And I don't want anyone else to be afraid of it because we have an answer and we have an effective treatment. Now we have uh, testing that's readily available. The numbers going up of positives means that we're doing more testing. That's all that means. We're not seeing the numbers go up proportionately of deaths. Actually, early testing and early detection and early treatment is a good thing. If you're just joining us, we're sitting here today in Midland, Texas with Dr. Richard Bartlett. He is a renowned doctor in our area. Now, hopefully the whole world will get to hear about him as he has found a silver bullet treatment for COVID-19, something that's been around that now we're starting to learn more about and how it can treat this virus. I just want to ask you, Dr. Bartlett, because you mentioned the numbers are rising here in West Texas. Do we need to be concerned? And then I also want to know what about your thoughts are on masks, no masks. I mean, I know that we're not going to really get into a big debate over it, but I just want to know your thoughts on it because it's it's on everybody's mind right yes. now. What can we do to stop the spread of this disease? Yes, ma'am. So, you know, early detection, and we're seeing that the numbers go up on the positives. That means the testing is going out. A study in Iceland showed that 50% of the people that test positive are without symptoms. They're asymptomatic. Studies in California And other countries have confirmed that, that 50% of the people that get it, that might test positive, have no symptoms. It's never going to be a problem for them. But we're concerned about the 20% that might have problems. The good news is we have an effective treatment that is being studied by the NIH, by France, by Spain, that's parallel treatment to what's being effective in Taiwan and South Korea Singapore has had 12 people die so far during the whole pandemic because they're using an inhaled steroid, but I'm using the best one, budesonide, and there's a reason why I'm saying that, because it has less risk of causing a secondary bacterial pneumonia. Mm. There's another inhaled steroid that has increased, three times increased risk of secondary bacterial pneumonia. Inhaled budesonide by a nebulizer is a treatment. So we have early detection with uh, testing. I'm not worried about the numbers going up. Mm -hmm. I'm pleased that the numbers are going up. That means we're doing more testing. I can confirm that compared to a month ago, we have more testing centers in West Texas than we had a month ago. And and they're more efficient now. And they're doing multitudes more testing at each center than they were a month ago. That's why the numbers are going up. That's all it means. And so that is a good thing. That means the testing is on track now. Next, we need early treatment. 
and we have an effective treatment, inhaled budesonide. I've been using it for months before the NIH started studying it. I was using it months before Europe and Spain and China. I have patients that are alive. A patient called a press conference and all the news stations showed up. I showed up too because she put it together because she's thankful that she's alive and not dead. You can't argue with a living, restored person who is symptom-free and has two consecutive negatives. That's called a cure. Right. Let's talk about that press conference because something interesting happened on social media after that press conference went out. What is it that you think... Facebook or YouTube doesn't want the public to hear about it because after that conference went out, it was pulled off of Facebook. Yeah, it was starting to go viral. Mm -hmm. And so after 72 hours of being out on Facebook and YouTube, they both pulled it. And so the question is, what effective treatment to COVID-19 does Facebook and YouTube not want the American public to know about? Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about information where a patient is telling her story right. who is a confirmed cure with a known treatment that is safe, cost-effective, and readily available. And why would they pull that information from the American people and from the world right now? That's a good question. And I think a lot of people probably have some wheels spinning right now on what they think that means We've seen a similar pattern with hydroxychloroquine, haven't we, where they block a potentially effective treatment for the American people. My phone's been blowing up. And one of the interesting phone calls I got was from a guy named Kent Hance. Mm-hmm. I'm a Texas Tech Red Raider. I went there for undergraduate, found my beautiful bride there when we were students. I went to medical school there, surgery residency, a Texas Tech Red Raider through and through. Mm-hmm. And so when I got a call from this guy named Kent Hans, who was the chancellor of the medical school, of the Health Science Center, of the university, I was really excited. And he called me because he had heard about our effective treatment for COVID-19, and he wanted to know. He said, Richard. And he starts, I'm getting called Richard by Kent Hans right. <laughs> uh, on an unsolicited phone call. I was so honored. Mm -hmm. And so there are people paying attention. There's a representative, Babin, a U.S. representative. They call my phone. He's called me several times because he understands science. He was a dentist in his first career before he became a U.S. congressman. And so he understands science. So the other representative said, you call him so you'll understand. And so we talk. So there are people that are paying attention that care about Americans, that don't want Americans to die. I've heard also of people, I know people in the White House have heard about this. I was going to say, I, th- I think the White House is calling you too. So well, yeah, <laughs> or the, the phone's about to ring. It, it'd be funny you should say that. I know today Ted Cruz's office is right. scheduled to call me. Well, we appreciate you sharing this information with us because this is such wonderful information because I, as a mom and as a parent, as a business owner, as a wife, I'm concerned for my loved ones, right? And I, you know, have been doing everything I can to help prevent. We've got, of course, the sanitizer and the masks and we've got everything because we want to be proactive and and not spread it with our loved ones. Giving this information out gives us a little bit of ease that if we do get it, yes, that we're going to be okay and there's an answer. And so I appreciate you sharing that with all of us today because I think the fear of it almost gets in our in our minds and can affect the other aspects of our life. Yes. You know, it was fear of the unknown that caused mm-hmm. us to shut down our country, to shut down the world. We weren't the only country that was involved in that. We didn't know what to do with this, but now we know a lot. 
And when you have more information, you can make better decisions. And we have a lot more information six months into this than we did at the beginning. And it was wonderful news, good news today, that we have an effective treatment for COVID-19. It's great news that we have early detection and the testing is on board, but it's even better news that we have an answer for the problem. And you mentioned face masks, so I'm just going to mention this for a second. There's a lot of things that you've seen on the news for the last 20 years. If you watch China when they have the flu outbreak there 20 years ago, you'd see people walking around with face masks. The B-roll would always be a bunch of people in China walking around with face masks in the public. What are we doing now? What do we look like in America? We look like 20 years ago in China. That Does it work? Let's talk about that for a second. There's a medical term, a scientific term called fomite. F-O-M-I-T-E. A fomite, by definition, is an inanimate object like a doorknob that someone might sneeze into their hand and touch that doorknob, and then it's potentially a risk of infection. If someone else touches it, they might get sick. That's a fomite. What is a mask? It's a fomite. It's an inanimate object. Recent research shows that you can breathe up to a thousand intact virus particles a minute out of your mouth with normal breathing. Oh, so we put a fomite over someone's face, and we breathe a thousand viruses a minute into it. If they're an asymptomatic carrier for 30 minutes of wearing that mask, potentially 30,000 virus particles have been collected on that. And it's right over their face where they're going to be breathing it back into their system. Here's another medical and science term. It's inoculation dose, inoculation dose. If someone steps on a nail and there's one bacteria on it, that's a problem. If someone steps on a nail and there's 10,000 bacteria on it, that's a bigger problem. So a higher inoculation dose is more likely to cause a problem. Final thought, in North Italy, 40% of the healthcare workers, the doctors and nurses and other healthcare providers that were wearing masks, gowns, face shields, gloves, they were basically wearing universal precautions they said that 40% of them tested positive eventually for COVID-19. In other words, having that degree of barrier between two people was not effective. If that's not effective, according to what they found in North Italy at the beginning of this pandemic, when everybody was scared of this, how good is a face mask going to be? It's not nearly going to be as good as universal precautions. So a face mask is not the answer Inhaled budesonide is the treatment for COVID-19. It's a silver bullet for it. Uh, silver bullet is not a medical term, by the way. Mm-hmm. Treatment, cure, those are medical terms. Right. This is an effective treatment. But, you know, silver bullet for COVID-19 should no, be no more offensive than uh, unless you're on, as a Team Edward of the Twilight series, you know, it should offend them, but you shouldn't offend any medical or public person in America. And you're actually using Silver Bullet in a website to get the information out. Let's go ahead and give that information right now. If someone is interested in learning more about this inhaled steroid, go to covidsilverbullet.com. So that's, of course, www.covidsilverbullet.com. There will be more information there. We are running out of time, but I have so many more questions. <laughs> and so I'm just going to keep the conversation going because I think this is so such good information that we get out. I always like to ask my guests, you know, what they're reading, what they're doing, because, you know, you're obviously a leader in your field. And we want to know, like, what do you feed yourself every day? Do you have a favorite book? Do you have a favorite podcast? <laughs> you know, uh, boy, I am living and breathing COVID treatment and COVID patients day and night. But my favorite book is the Bible. 
And I've found that that's a very useful tool for success in life. And it's life-changing. It only improves your life. And it's tried and true. I haven't found anything in there that I disagree with yet. And so I highly recommend that bestseller, the (laughs) all-time bestseller, the Holy Bible. Yes, it is. What about quote? Do you have a favorite quote or maybe even a Bible verse that you live by? Oh, man, there's so many good ones. But, you know, I love that God says, be strong and courageous, only be strong and courageous in Joshua. There's so many positive things that are life-changing and edifying. But you got to consider the source. I consider the Holy Bible a good source. There's many things out there that would put you in fear, make you afraid right now, that are being repeated over and over. But consider the source. And I think there are many worthwhile things that you got to be careful who you're listening to. If you listen to good things, that's going to build you up. There's a lot of negative things. You just got to shut down the noise. For sure. And that's that's why I always ask my, my last question. Tell me something good. Tell me, what do you see good happening right now? Man, cutting edge. I think it's amazing that the solution to this problem has been available for decades before this problem presented itself. I personally credit God with giving us the provision for a worldwide pandemic decades before we needed it. And it's been uncovered now. It was always there, but now it's being uncovered. I uncovered it and have been using it for months before anyone else that I'm aware of, before any country started studying it. But the good news is I didn't make it, but it's saving lives. And so I think that's a take-home message that maybe God gives the provision to the problem before the problem presents itself. You just have to look for it. That's a great point. And Dr. Bartlett, is there anything coming into this interview today that you thought, oh, I really hope that the listeners get to you know hear that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Because I know there's so much to this topic. And like I said, I, I know we could go on for hours. But is there anything that is really important that you feel our listeners need to take away from today? My desire is to spread the news that this is a respiratory solution for a respiratory problem. This is an effective treatment that has been 100% effective for my patients, inhaled budesonide by a nebulizer, and best to give it as early as possible in the infection. I've had people who had many comorbidities, were very, very sick people before they got COVID-19, and they have all recovered. I want this word out because I care about all people, and so I want everybody to hear this. And so please spread the spread the good news. We have an answer. And if any of my family members get it, we are calling you first. <laughs> You're our first phone call, Dr. Bartlett. I will say also I found that because this is a more severe inflammation in the lungs than asthma is, that it takes a higher dose than asthma and Mm -hmm. even more frequently for doctors that are listening. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing this information with us today. And more importantly, I I appreciate you saving lives. That's what this is about. This is going to save even more lives. I believe information can save lives. And thank you, Krista, for sharing this. Thank you, Dr. Bartlett. If you would like more information, we want to give you the website one more time. It is www.covidsilverbullet.com. And we may have to do a part two on this because there's so much great information. Maybe we can revisit it another time. Thank you again, Dr. Bartlett, for being with us today. It is time now to announce today's community MVP. And the MVP is the City of Midland Parks and Rec Division. The City of Midland Parks and Rec Division is launching its annual Movies in the Park series on Friday. As you know, they do this every year, but due to COVID, it has uh, it, it had been postponed. Well, now 
They have decided to go ahead. Social distancing will be encouraged during the movies, which begin at dusk. People may bring their lawn chairs, according to a press release from the city. Now, here are the upcoming dates. July 10th at C.J. Kelly Park. You can see the movie Abominable. On July 24th at Hogan Park, Toy Story 4. Oh, one of my favorites. I love that one. August 7th at Beale Park is Aladdin. And August 21st at Windlands Park, Frozen 2. Yes, you can see Elsa there live on the big screen. Frozen 2, August 24th. Thank you again to our community MVP, the City of Midland Parks and Rec Division. Well, that concludes this week's Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. A special thank you to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. We really appreciate the partnership. And of course, to our guest today, Dr. Richard Bartlett, for shedding light on a treatment for COVID-19. Remember my motto is dream big, believe in yourself, and never give up. You make it a great day. Hey everybody, Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.